Hello everyone, today I have Steve Larson, the one and only author king and many other things that he is known for. I'm so excited, I'm literally shaking, can you guys see this? I've never <laughs> shaken on my show before, <laughs> this is like so awesome, I'm so excited. Hi there, my name is Joy Nicholson. I'm an entrepreneur, digital marketer, coach and mentor. I've been diving in deep for the last year to discover what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. Not just the fluff that you see on the outside when you see people that are already successful, but what it takes behind the scenes to become successful. What I have discovered was mind-blowing. Millionaires think differently. They have unique habits, focus, discipline, and so much more. Follow along on this podcast where I'll be sharing my journey, the journey of other entrepreneurs, what makes them successful, but most importantly, how it can help you to become successful. Welcome, Steve. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Doing fantastic. I love, like I said, I love your office. It looks really, really cool. And, you know, the Two Comma Club Awards there. I'm sure you're going to add one, another one soon, I assume. It's on the way, actually. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> Can you tell people a little bit about, you're not going into too much detail because I know your story is like, you know, you've got an amazing story, but keep it short. So we have limited time and I've got a lot of questions for you. Sure. Yeah, from, absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was, um, uh, very poor for a long time and uh, kept trying to launch a whole, whole bunch of different products and offers. None of them worked for about five years and then uh, started learning how it worked on the internet and uh, my stuff started working. You know, I ended up working for Russell Brunson and I was his funnel builder for a few years and uh, then I left because I just can't get rid of the entrepreneur itch and I left a few years ago and uh, started running everything on my own also and gradually bootstrapped it out of a bedroom then we got an office and it's just been it's been a fun journey so it's been uh yeah <laughs> that's basically it in a nutshell um i'm self-crowned as the offer guy <laughs> so. <laughs> well you're pretty good at that okay so what was that defining moment that you said okay that's it russell i am leaving you and i'm on my own mission what defined that moment what made you decide to do that yeah to leave like that it's one of the hardest decisions i've made um, cause I love him. He's like an older brother to me. You know, we, in fact, we were talking today, like right before I got on with you here, <laughs> so we, I mean, great relationships still. Um, there was a moment where he saw me looking at a few other entrepreneurs who were startups. This is when we were in the old office and, cause my desk was literally in his same office. And I remember this very, very well. He, he saw me seeing other successful brand new businesses and he sent me a message that night. He goes, Hey man, I know, and you know, you could go do that too. I just want to thank you for being here with me for a little while. That means a lot. Oh, and he said, by the way, whenever you choose to go, I actually completely understand. And it was like, so cool of him to say that because it could have gone very differently, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he, yeah, there was just a moment for me where I just, I don't know, I was, I was teaching a lot of his um, students on, on his own stages. Yeah. And, uh, all of my students were making way more money than I was, <laughs> and it, which is a great feeling. It's a great feeling to know that your work is like really working, but, but I was like, I'd like a slice of that too. So I ended up going. Was it uncomfortable for you teaching, you know, like, because that's a two-comma club coaching program, right? Was it uncomfortable yeah. for you to teach that considering, you know, you didn't make money like a million yourself by that stage? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was, um, so what happened is I was sitting there next to him one day and he was uh, coaching his inner circle 
and uh, he took a little bit of a break. He was sitting back. He had been coaching him for like six hours or whatever. He muted his camera, you know, muted his mic, turned off his camera, and he just sat back for a second and just kind of relaxed. He's like, oh, you know, and I was sitting right there next to him. And I go, dude, you were saying the same thing to every single person, regardless of business. And he goes, I know, isn't that crazy? Because it works in every company. And, um, and we came up with the idea to develop a program that people would go through before getting to Russell. That way he could take them, you know, from like the middle up instead of all the way from the ground. And it wasn't on his shoulders anymore. So I went through 12 years of his content and it took me six months and I organized it and I ordered it and it became the first two comic of coaching program. Wow. And um, funny enough, that's what's being sold as Secrets Masterclass right now. Um, I, I built that program and I put those things in there and um, it was with his material though. And so there was an element though, I remember talking to him one night and I was like, it's a little weird that I'm teaching your material, but I haven't done the thing that, I, that I'm teaching, even though it's yours. And he's like, that's okay. Just preface it that way. Hey, this is what Russell did instead of this is what I did, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but after a while I couldn't get past that. I had to go. <laughs> That is amazing. Wow. I didn't realize that's how it goes down because um, that's like crazy, actually. And <laughs> did you celebrate when you did your first two, two comma club? Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I want to I ask you five questions. It's basically get to know Stephen five questions. That's so literally, I know it's a bit strange. I don't know if you've actually ever done this on your interview. So what's your favorite city? Favorite city? Uh, I got a lot of them, but one of them is San Diego. Yes, beautiful. Favorite food? I don't really have one. I'm not picky. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee or oh. tea? Uh, tea. Okay. Color? Favorite color? I don't know if there's any other color besides black and red. <laughs> I was, oh, well, and the capitalist pig is red, so there you go. <laughs> and then just a random question. How many domain names do you have? <laughs> I'm near 700. Wow, that is impressive. I just had to throw yeah. it in there because I was on a go live once in your Facebook group and you were going through all your domain names and I was like, I thought I'm a hoarder <laughs> because I've got like close to 50 and I'm like, what? How many domain names does this guy have? So have you ever got funny. some offers to sell them? Or like to well, I'm not going to sell them. It's yeah. funny because if I own them, then my competition can't. I got a call from my domain person once, the domain company, Bluehost, it was Bluehost that called me and they're like, yeah. excuse me, sir, you have a lot of domains. Do you want to sell any of these? And I was like, no. Are you going to do anything with them? I was like, 90% of them now. They're like, why do you have them? I was like, because now literally my competition can't. Because I won't launch a product if I can't even find the domain to fit it. So if I have an idea and I'm like, sometime, somewhere down the line in the future, I know I'll do this, I'll buy the domain. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very different approach. <laughs> I don't think I know anybody that actually buy those on domain names. Okay, so my, my podcast is really focused around people starting out this game. Because I know when I started and you the same, it's really yeah. hard. You know, you've got a lot of struggles, the behind the scenes things that people don't realize you actually have when you start this game. What has yeah. been your biggest struggle in the last five years? Imposter syndrome. Oh, Easily. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Everyone has it. Everyone struggles with it. Um, I'd say it's imposter syndrome or uh, finding my voice. Yeah. The, I feel like it's hard because it is kind of a tie between a few things. There's imposter syndrome, finding the voice, and then answering the question, what do I do? That's hard because everyone kind of as an entrepreneur starting out, I feel like we have all these talents and skill sets that we kind of pick up as we go. 
yeah. and choosing one and like getting rid of all the rest and just zero, that's hard because yes. you feel like you're getting rid of a kid, you know, <laughs> it's like you're killing a kid. Yeah. Like I get, which one am I going to go for? So that, that was a hard thing. So planting the flag as the offer guy, funny enough, I thought was going to be and feel that way. Yeah. It actually was the opposite by declaring what I wanted to do and be and be known for. It's, it's, it's let me go deeper on that one subject, outsource all the other tasks, mm-hmm. but it's actually free. It's been more freeing than anything else. I thought it was going to be very constricting. It wasn't. When did you decide or when did, what was that thing that made you decide that you wanted to go into offers? Because I mean, you obviously did your MLM things. I, f- I followed that for a wee while as well. Uh, so what was that thing that you decided to go, offers is the thing, I'm the offer king, you know? You know, what's funny is uh, it wasn't me. Um, I was at an inner circle dinner. Mm-hmm. I had already left ClickFunnels and, and I was selling and I was, I was doing well, you know, I was doing well and I left, I left and I was launching all this stuff. And at one night at this inner circle dinner, you know, it was just a potluck. Everyone just brought a bunch of food. We we're all hanging out at, I think James Friel's house. And there's a lot of people that were there, right? A lot of the who's who's were there. It's the inner circle, you know? So I was getting food or whatever. And I just, this question was just heavy on my mind. It's like, what do I do? What's my purpose? You know, the very same question. What, what, who am I? Like, what am I supposed to be? Yeah. And I walk around the corner. Russell and I, and we know each other well enough. He can read me. I can read it, you know? And so he's looking at me and he looks at me across the counter and he goes, what's wrong? You okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I'm just, I can't get past the question. Like, what's my purpose? Who am I supposed to be? And there are a few times in my life I have seen him laugh that hard. He keeled over and started laughing so hard. And I was like standing here kind of mortified with this deep question, you know, and Russell, Russell Brunson's like, ah, ah, ah. you know, like he's really getting into it. Ah, ah. And I was like, it's not funny, man. Like I was making fun. Of, it's not funny, dude. Like, what am I supposed to be? Like, you're the funnel guy. What guy am I? What am I? You know, and he, ah, ah. Myron Golden is standing next to him. And he looks over at Russell and he goes, wait, what, what did he just ask you? <laughs> and Russell, after he catches his breath, leans up just enough to go, he asked the purpose question. And then they both go down. <laughs> and I'm standing here with this plate of food and they're both laughing at me. And I was like, it's not funny. And, and Russell was like, it took me 12 years to become the funnel guy and figure that out, Stephen. Wow. He's like, don't, don't worry about it. And, you know, Myron is like, yeah, man, I'm in my sixties. I found out three months ago what I'm supposed to be. And I was like, okay, I know. And he's like, like, we know, you know that, but just as a reminder, he said, don't worry about that. You don't really design that you're going to discover it. And second of all, just go solve problems for people. Just go solve problems and it'll find you along the way. Funny enough, about two or three weeks later, he he sent me a message. Russell did. And he's like, you should be the offer guy. I was like, the offer guy. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you geek out on that. You, you geek out so much harder than I ever have. He's like, I hate teaching offers. Like, you love teaching offers. I was like, oh, all right, I'll think about it. And I must have not been convincing because he's talked to Dana Derricks. And Dana Derricks reached out and he's like, dude, be the offer guy. If you don't become the offer guy, some other jerk we don't like is going to try and be the offer guy. We want you to be the offer guy. And I was like, all right, I'll be the offer guy. So that's honestly the real story of how, how it happened. That is like, that is so, so cool. <laughs> and I love <laughs> that you actually, you know, you discover it. It's not like I'm going to go and do this thing because most of the time it fails, right? It's not always necessarily yeah. the thing that works. Yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of nice to do it that way because 
I really truly do believe that, that there are things in life that we can, we can design, but others we have to discover. You can't design it. You have to like go along the way and figure it out. And often figuring out who we're supposed to be, like that's a very discover based thing, not really a design based thing. Yeah. And, um, cause people try and force that decision. And I was such a nerd on the stuff already. They were like, Hey, this would fit you. But I wouldn't have known that ahead of time. There's no way. Yeah. Because yeah. often as entrepreneurs, and I have, I've got a few students that I help. Um, I do one on co one coaching limited because, you know, time is of the essence. But uh, yeah. I have a few students and they really struggle to get, or some of them really struggle to get over that hurdle of like, is this actually the thing I'm supposed to be doing? And I'm like, well, just, just go and figure it out. You know, read books and you eventually you will discover this. And yeah. uh, three quarters of the time, they're actually like, well, I don't actually want to do this. I'm doing this to make money. And then I'm like, well, then you're not supposed to be doing this because if that's your purpose driving you, um, you know, it's not really the wrong, the right one. What do you think about broke mindset vs. Um, you know, people failing and growth mindset being people being successful? What's your opinion on that? Uh, that it's real for sure. Um, yeah. Growth mindset versus broke mindset. It, it, I, in my opinion, it comes down to just one sees abundance and the other sees scarcity yeah. in everything every decision every decision there was there's been people i've coached where they'll be i'll be like okay so just like go figure it out how to do x y and z and they're like okay but like what's the answer and i'm like there's this thing called google go find it out they're like okay but like how should i do that i'm like go open a tab and type google in and go for it you know what I mean? like and i have to like kind of hold their hands those are the people who who I really believe that those people who are abundance mindset have an easier time falling in love with the journey, yes. not just the destination. Yes. You know, the, the people who are scarcity mindset, they are all destination. And if they're not there, when are we there? When are we there? How much further? How much further? When are we there? And it's just emotionally is going to wreck you because you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have learned and I'm very thankful to turn around proverbially and, and like shake hands with and thank my past, however challenging it's been, because there's no way I'd be where I'm right now. And I can't wait to meet the me that's 10 years from now. You know, um, I think one of the biggest keys to someone who's in an abundance mindset is they, they love the growth for the growth's sake. Um, not necessarily for something that is some outcome, which is fine. And if people are there just trying to make money just to make money, that's totally cool too. There's no reason why you have to stop it if you really don't want to. Like, this is what makes me the cash. Great. Design profit, design capitalism into your thing. Otherwise, you won't make money, even if you're cash flowing. But um, I really think it goes back to the, the figuring out like how, how, like what's the next piece of structured growth? And the people that have that long game vision of mine, they tend to move more fluidly than the, than the other group. They, they make decisions faster. They're not as hurt personally. If something doesn't work, it's not the end of the world, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I, I, I immediately can tell who those people are when I'm on a stage and I'm talking because mm -hmm. the people who listen but they want to fact check and nitpick every single thing that I say. And so, and it's usually the engineers, no offense, but it is. <laughs> I have them raise their hands sometimes. I'll be like, Hey, who's an engineer. Okay. I just want you to know you're going to be my toughest student. Stop trying to figure out how the car works. Let me just show you how to put the key in and how to turn it, drive the car. You don't need to know how the engine works. I don't know all the combustion formulas. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. 
<laughs> I love what you said that because I also think um, analytical people, that's exactly it, because they analyze everything, they pull everything apart. Um, and that must be hard for you to teach on stage, though. How do you overcome that? Do you just... Um, I call it out and I just remove yeah. their power. And I tell them, hey, if this is going to be a spot where you want to just constantly fight me on everything, mm. let's just look at results. Mm. I'm like, look at the results. You know, it's a lot of money very quickly has come in. Yeah. Um, look at the students, you know, we're trying to, we're try, I'm trying, I've been trying to figure out how much money I've been able to help my students make. And it, it's like, it's, it's getting up there. It's close, I think, to like the hundred million area. It's a, it's a lot wow. uh, collectively, I mean, out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like, well, we know this stuff works. And so I, there's actually been times though, I have fired clients because of that. I'm just like, it's not worth my time. Mm. Um, I can't carry your belief and your strategy to grow. Like I'm not a good life coach. <laughs> I'm a great life coach. People don't like what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, a few times in RFI and like other things that I watch from you, you would say like, I don't mean this. I'm not speaking motivational, but if this is motivational to you, then you know, I love it when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you find it motivating. That's awesome. I'm trying to be a motivation coach. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever be a motivation coach in like your 20 years from today future? Probably not. <laughs> no, nah, probably not. I just don't get into that game. If people can't motivate themselves, they're already not my student. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. that's the abundance versus the scarcity thing. And I'm just like, I don't want to work with people where I have to hold their hand and pull them along and like constantly, like, it just, that's a self solvable thing. I, it ends up being that, because here's the real reason why. If I have to beg them to buy from me, I usually have to beg them during fulfillment. The way that they enter my space, the way that they enter my, my area, often is the, it basically sets precedence for how they're going to behave and my reactions with them and how my interactions in fulfillment. And so it's the same thing. If I'm going to go be motivational, I will attract people who need motivating because they're constantly eating that stuff up, which is mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if they're trying to learn how to self-motivate and things like that, but after a while, it's like, mm -hmm. it's draining, right? It's emotionally draining. You can't it's do so it. draining. I literally have gone to therapy over it. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> because it ends up sucking so much from you from an event yeah. that you kind of have to take a step back and recharge your batteries. And, yeah. and, and it's especially true when you're working with people who don't have enough solid sense of self. And mm. so they look for you to validate who they are because they can't do it themselves. Mm. And it is so hard to do that. Yeah. I can't do that for them. You know, yeah. we're all trying to figure out who we all individually are. How can I help them figure themselves out? You know? Exactly. About a year and a half ago, I started my journey about almost three years ago. And about a year and a half ago, I think it was actually in ClickFunnels, there was a post where somebody was struggling. And I said, well, you know, if anybody struggles, reach out to me. I can help you guys with a few tips and tricks or whatever. And I had this influx of messages, big mistake, never again. Um, and anyway, so I had all these negative people messaging me. And it was my Saturday, you know, America's Friday. And I was like, that night, I went to bed and I slept for like 12 hours. And I never, I slept like six, seven hours. I was exhausted. And my husband yeah. said, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just so tired. I think these people yeah. just drained me. And I was, and that was it. And I said, never again am I dealing with people like this because you can't, you literally cannot. It's amazing how it just kills you emotionally. It's ridiculous. I am so tired after events, even if I don't speak at them because it just, it pulls things from you and it's fine. Like I want to help. I want to serve, but there is a reason why That's Russell Brunson does not answer support tickets. It, yeah. There's one time I was, I was launching my own stuff and he came in. It's our old office again. I was out there on a Saturday building my own stuff. 
uh, not his, you know, he comes in and I was like, Oh, awkward. Like, Hey man, I'm totally, <laughs> I'm building my own thing right now. And, uh, and he goes, what you been doing though? I was like, I have been answering messages for six hours. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> he started laughing again. And he goes, dude, can I give you like the best? Actually, this is how you handle that. Um, very, very powerful. Yeah. He said, you're not going to like it, but this is honestly it. And he leaned into me and he goes, you don't have to answer them. <laughs> that was it. And he said, I know, I know. Right. Cause you're a lover and you're a giver. And I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, so am I, it's super hard. But if you want a life, you have to got, you've got to have boundaries or, or they're going to suck your soul. Not on purpose. Um, but it'll just happen energetically. I, I guess I just feel like it's rude not to answer people, but I think I will not answer them in future. <laughs> you gotta right. do what I do, right? Yeah, okay, so I'm alive too. I've got two little more questions for you. Do you think yeah. entrepreneurs are born or built? I, I think they're built. Yeah. Because at the core of it, when you think about it, like I've been getting really into the identity. This has been on my mind a lot the last little bit. Yeah. What, what is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is literally a problem solver. That's all they are. Yeah. Problem solving actually is not lucrative after a little while. Oh. I'm going to identify a problem in the marketplace. I'm going to go solve it. That's all entrepreneur based identity. But if they don't adapt the second identity, which is the identity of a marketer, you never make any money. Yes. A marketer's role is to deliver a solution to a market. That's why they're a marketer. Mm. So if you don't, that's the reason why there's broke entrepreneurs is because the role of entrepreneur at the heart of it is not actually a revenue generating role. Yes. It's just a role that solves a problem. You, unless you become a marketer, you also will not make cash. The ultimate goal is to entrepreneur something or solve something, be a marketer to introduce it to a market and, but then finally be a business owner and a business owner is someone who owns the systems that does all that stuff. Yes. You know? And that that's in my opinion, when an entrepreneur really gets to like, breathe and like have a life you know <laughs> and uh uh that is all totally learnable i don't really think that they're born i think they're i think they're built i completely my little three and four year old they're not entrepreneurs but they're solving problems like crazy i don't even know their problems their little brains are turning on <laughs> and i'm watching them and they're like hey dad i had this um i didn't know how to do this thing so i just took the popsicle sticks and put some glue and i found a rock outside and i put it on top here and like bam it's done i was like Psh. <laughs> that's an entrepreneur like they just solved a problem we all are that way you know um but to learn to do it in a marketplace and be an entrepreneur that's very much a, a learned skill set too do you see okay random question do you see your kids actually growing up as entrepreneurs are you embedding those in them totally i'm totally indoctrinating them <laughs> <laughs> what's your number one tip for doing that how do you do it i need Giving to know three and a six-year-old so i need to kind of get a tip here from you Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and please, everyone who's watching, listening now, like don't follow me for this because I am follow me for like the two things I'm amazing at everything else. I'm just a normal dude. I was yeah. longboarding before we got on this. <laughs> you know, I'm just outside sitting around like, anyway. Um, so as far as like, so I don't have like tons of parenting advice, but one thing I am doing, my dad did this with me is he gave me ownership of projects without being attached to the outcome of it. Okay. So I, as a teenager, dry, I, I, he literally bought <laughs> He knew that I needed to own stuff. Okay. And so he got all the insulation, all the drywall, all the tape, all the mud, the paint, the everything. And I literally finished our entire garage by myself. Wow. Uh, then I needed to go. He's like, Hey, we need another sprinkler line. <laughs> Handed me a shovel. And I literally hand dug an entire sprinkler trench and learned how to 
build a sprinkler line and connect it to the rest of the main. Like, <laughs> but that's just what he did with me. And I, and I think it's because he could see that, 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 I don't know, that he could see that in me. Um, as a kid, he made me the yard manager. I'm the oldest of six kids. And I love my siblings. He had me go hire them. I didn't know how to hire my siblings, but he wouldn't, he's like, do you want to go do the yard managing? And, and I'll just tell you this is basically what happened is he's like, he's like, Hey, I need to get the yard done. You either can do it as a chore and I'm not going to pay you a thing, or you can treat this like a company and I'll pay you. I was like, okay. He's like, send me a proposal for how much you think it will cost you to maintain the yard to a respectable standard every single week. And I was like, what the freak is a proposal? You know, so I had to go on Google and I was like, what's a proposal? Google's like just barely a thing. I was like 14, you know? And uh, anyway, so I had to look up what a proposal was and I had to go figure out what that was. And I created a report and my dad had a home office. He worked from home. So I would just walk to the next room and hand my dad a proposal on what it took. And he was like, I approved this proposal and sent it out back to me. It's all, all, you know, official and professional stuff. And he's like, but what about your employees? I was like, employees? He's like, are you going to do all that on your own? I'm like, no. He goes, I was thinking that my siblings could do some of that. He's like, do they know that? Why don't you conduct some interviews with your siblings and see what positions you think would go best? So I went and I had to go learn how to do interviews. So I literally sat down and I wrote contracts with my, with my siblings on, you will do the yard for this. You know, like, and it pays this much. And failure to do these things you're not going to get paid and steven will do it and he will take your money instead and like all this stuff and they went and i literally interviewed each one of them okay you're going to mow the lawn you're going to trim you're going to weed the garden you're going to do this and if it worked you know i didn't have to do any of the work but i had got like six bucks by the end by the time it was over you know if it didn't work and if they didn't then i my butt was on the line but at the end of it he wouldn't pay me because I didn't invoice him. And I was like, what is an invoice? And he wouldn't tell me. So I had to go on Google. I'd figure out what an invoice was, document all the stuff and go with the invoice to finally go get paid. I think I got paid like twice the whole summer because I hated writing invoices. <laughs> so like, but it was so amazing that he did that. So I, I 100% am indoctrinating my kids. Every time I lift them over the baby gate, I quiz them. Besides mother, what's one of the greatest things you can do with your life? Salesman. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I go, and I bring him over there, like, <laughs> anyway. I love it. That's awesome. So basically, your dad helped to build you as an entrepreneur. I watched him launch a few of his own companies. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that it, just by being near it, it kind of helped. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That, um, that's awesome. I love that story. Okay. So last question, bit of advice. <laughs> So like I said, my audience for people that are starting out or they're struggling in the game. Now for the people that are thinking about starting out and they're sitting on the fence and like, oh, I want to take this step, I'm scared. What would your advice be? Uh, I would say to sit with the fear, meaning don't act like you're not being afraid. I think it's one of the biggest banes of society and humanity right now is to act like we're not experiencing an emotion. So I'll just say like, I have a three-step little system, little process that I do every time I go on stage because I get scared still. Yeah. Um, I get nervous. Yes. I don't get scared. I get a little anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I trip? You know, you know, <laughs> it can like a funnel hacking live. Like I was nervous. I always get nervous. Yeah. So number one, I am 
a human with human emotions. So if I'm feeling a feeling, I want to feel the feeling. That's actually step one. That's what I call it. Step one, feel the feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, what I say that is, I mean, if I'm feeling fear, I actually want to look at it and confront and feel fear to the fullest extent. I want to feel the most afraid I've ever felt. And it's going to sound weird, but it's, it's, it's the truth. If I'm feeling anxiety, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to experience anxiety. I actually want to have anxiety. Um, happiness, let me feel the full weight and the full extent of what it means to be happy in my life. This is my own process. This is not anywhere else. So just so you all know, this is a Stephen doctrine here, all right? This is not like a, doesn't come from anywhere, but this is how I handle it because yeah. I, I, you know, I still get freaked out. Um, anyway, so number one, I feel the feeling. But then number two, I recognize that I'm not my feeling. This is a very key thing to understand. I'm not fear. I'm experiencing fear. I'm not anxiety. I'm experiencing anxiety. And so what that does is after I've taken a moment to feel whatever's going on in my life, I take a moment to become, this is a quote from Tony Robbins. We are not a feelings. I take a moment to separate myself from the emotion and look at it and be like, okay, this is me experiencing that thing. Mm -hmm. But it actually sets me up for step number three, which is micro steps. I have to have micro wins. Mm -hmm. So I just start coming up with small things I could do to just start moving me towards the goal. My entire company has been built by me only doing three things every day. Yes. That's it. Otherwise yes. I'm going to die. It's too much yeah. stuff. You can't. So. Yeah. And there's no such yeah. thing as a to-do list. It's called a success list and it's two to three things. And that's what I teach my students as well. I'll just like, you, you can't do it. It's just too you hard. You can't do it. Yeah. My morning stand-up meeting every day that I have with my team. I just like, they all have three things they're doing. I'm doing my three things. And under that principle, we've built everything. It's like, yeah. Otherwise, you will die at your desk, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And that's how you how successful companies are built because you're focusing on the right things as well. Yeah. The green yeah, dots, which I learned from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time so much. Thank you very, very much. Um, and uh, yes, I will upload this episode and we will drop all Steve's links to all his products and whatever else he's got. And then you guys can go and find him. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. It's fantastic. It's been cool to watch you also enjoy it. Certainly yeah. I've noticed you and everything. So it's been awesome. Thank you so much. And have a good yeah. lockdown. <laughs> and guys, have fun, <laughs> have fun running the mountains there by you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. See you later, Joy. <laughs>